Hello and welcome to Stories to Fall Asleep To, the second season of Reading with Carrie. This mindfulness podcast incorporates ASMR elements to help reduce your stress, relieve your anxiety, and lull you to sleep. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. I hope you have been enjoying this season too. I find it a bit more relaxing and simple, but if you would like for me to add more of my personality and thoughts back into the podcast, I am always open to receiving feedback. You can email me at readingwithcarrie at gmail.com. Today's episode is The Fisherman and His Wife, which I don't believe I ever heard as a child. I think I heard more as a teenager, um, a different version than the one I'm reading today. But before we begin, as always, let's start with a brief breathing exercise. Today's mindful meditation is opening up to the emotional body. First, find your comfortable position, whether you are sitting in a chair, lying down, on the bed, spread out on the floor, or even walking your dog. With your eyes open, move your head from side to side, breathing in and pausing when the chin is over a shoulder. Breathe out as the head moves, pausing with the chin over the other shoulder. Notice the space around you, the colors, the shapes, the depth of the room or the elements of nature if you're outside. Now, if you're more comfortable, you can close your eyes or if you prefer, they can stay open, but just with a soft gaze, perhaps looking down and we are going to focus on our breathing. Don't change your breathing cycle. Just notate the natural flow as you inhale and exhale. Feel the changes in your body as you claim the oxygen you need and release into the world. I now want you to take a moment to focus on what's going on in your mind. Do you feel that you are in a positive headspace? Or is there something weighing heavy on your mind? A fear, an anxiety, a worry. Don't dwell on this negative feeling. Just give it a name and acknowledge its presence. Now check in with your physical body. Are you comfortable? Do you have any aches or pains? A paper cut, a bruise? Once again, don't focus on the pain Just acknowledge its presence as we move on to your heart. How do you feel emotionally right now in this moment? Are you content? Are you happy? Are you at peace? Or are you hurting? Are you sad? 
Don't dwell on the negative. Just give it a name. Acknowledge its presence. And let's move on. Back to the breath. Don't change your breathing cycle. Just notate how it slowed as you relax into the cushions, into the floor, or how your feet press against the pavement. This step might be a little dangerous if you're standing, but I want you to feel the gravity pulling on your body, pulling down, rooting this body of yours, connecting it to the earth. Feel the sense of solidity, knowing this body as an earth element. Feel the earth holding earth. In this stillness, as you lie there or sit, you might begin to feel the sense of movement. It could be a little vibration, or a shimmering feeling, or perhaps you could feel a bigger movement. Maybe your body is rocking, soothing itself. Whether it's the stillness or the movement, feel the sense of ease in the body, a place where you can rest, a place that allows you to feel this ease and peace. This is your anchor. Come back to this anchor if you need to feel peace and comfort as we start to open up to the emotional body. Do you feel any presence or an absence? Any sensation that is beyond the stillness or the movement of gravity? It doesn't need to make sense. These are just feelings and sensations. Let's move on with the experience. Do you feel a contraction or tightness? Do you sense heat or coolness? Do you feel the stillness or the soft vibrations? If your mind starts to wander down paths of anxiety or concern, just acknowledge this and come back to the anchor, the gravity connecting your natural body to earth. Focus again on your emotional body, the sensations that you feel within. Is the presence staying in one section of the body or is it moving throughout all of your limbs? Is the feeling, the sensation getting bigger or perhaps it's getting smaller? Is it a solid feeling within or is it slowly breaking apart? Are you able to put a name to this feeling? Fear, joy, sadness, happiness, grief, comfort. Can you see the impermanence as the emotional body moves through you? How is your mind responding to this exercise, to the sensations? Are you being pulled towards inward or are you pushing away in confusion? What is your heart and mind holding on to, grasping or clinging, trying to identify? 
the strongest emotion within. Remember that this is only one moment and it will pass away as you enter a new moment. Is there a sense of ease, of spaciousness, of an opening? Come back to your body, your physical body. How does it feel now going through this exercise? How is your heart? How is your mind? And finally, how is your breath? Focus on your breath without changing the cycle or flow. Gently inhale and exhale. Feel the alignment of your mind, body, soul, and heart as you take a deep inhale and a slow, audible sigh. And now here's the story. The Fisherman and His Wife by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Once upon a time, there was a fisherman and his wife who lived together in a filthy shack near the sea. Every day the fisherman went out fishing, and he fished, and he fished. Once, he was sitting there fishing and looking into the clear water, and he sat, and he sat. Then his hook went to the bottom, deep down, and when he pulled it out, he had caught a large flounder. Then the flounder said to him, Listen, fisherman, I beg you to let me live. I am not an ordinary flounder, but an enchanted prince. How will it help you to kill me? I would not taste good to you. Put me back into the water and let me swim. Well, said the man, there is no need to say more. I can certainly let a fish swim away who knows how to talk. With that, he put it back into the clear water, and the flounder disappeared to the bottom, leaving a long trail of blood behind him. Then the fisherman got up and went home to his wife in the filthy shack. Husband, said the woman, didn't you catch anything today? No, said the man. I caught a flounder, but he told me that he was an enchanted prince, so I let him swim away. Didn't you ask for anything first, said the woman. No, said the man. What should I have asked for? Oh, said the woman, it is terrible living in this shack. It stinks and it is filthy. You should have asked for a little cottage for us. Go back and call him. Tell him that we want to have a little cottage. He will surely give it to us. Oh, said the man, why should I go back there? Look, said the woman, you did catch him, and then you let him swim away. He will surely do this for us. Go right now. The man did not want to go, but neither did he want to oppose his wife. So he went back to the sea. When he arrived there, it was no longer clear, but yellow and green. He stood there and said, Mange, mange, tempete, flounder, flounder in the sea. My wife, my wife, Islebil, once not, once not, what I will. The flounder swam up and said, What does she want then? Oh, said the man, I did catch you, and now my wife says that I really should have asked for something. She doesn't want to live in a filthy shack any longer. She would like to have a cottage. Go home, said the flounder. She already has it. The man went home, and his wife was standing in the door of a cottage, and she said to him, Come in. See, now isn't this much better? There was a little front yard, and a beautiful little parlor, and a bedroom where their bed was standing, and a kitchen, and a dining room. Everything was beautifully furnished, and supplied with tin and brass utensils, just as it should be. And outside there was a little yard, with chickens and ducks, and a garden with vegetables and fruit. Look, said the woman, isn't this nice? Yes, said the man, it is quite enough. We can live here very well. We will think about that, said the woman. Then they ate something and went to bed. 
Everything went well for a week or two, and then the woman said, Listen, husband, this cottage is too small. The yard and the garden are too little. The flounder could have given us a larger house. I would like to live in a large stone palace. Go back to the flounder and tell him to give us a palace. Oh, wife, said the man, the cottage is good enough. Why would we want to live in a palace? I know why, said the woman. Now you just go. The flounder can do that. Now, wife, the flounder has just given us the cottage. I don't want to go back so soon. It may make the flounder angry. Just go, said the woman. He can do it, and he won't mind doing it. Just go. The man's heart was heavy, and he did not want to go. He said to himself, This is not right, but he went anyway. When he arrived at the sea, the water was purple and dark blue and gray and dense, and no longer green and yellow. He stood there and said, Mange, mange, tempe, te. Flounder, flounder in the sea. My wife, my wife, Islabil. Once not, once not, what I will. What does she want, then? said the flounder. Oh, said the man sadly, she wants to live in a stone palace. Go home. She's already standing before the door, said the flounder. Then the man went his way, thinking he was going home. But when he arrived, standing there was a large stone palace. His wife was standing on the stairway, about to enter. Taking him by the hand, she said, Come inside. He went inside with her. Inside the palace there was a large front hallway with a mantel floor. Numerous servants opened up the large doors for them. The walls were all white and covered with beautiful tapestry. In the rooms there were chairs and tables of pure gold. Crystal chandeliers hung from the ceilings. The rooms and chambers all had carpets. Food and the very best wine overloaded the tables until they almost collapsed. Outside the house there was a large courtyard with the very best carriages and stalls for horses and cows. Furthermore, there was a magnificent garden with the most beautiful flowers and fine fruit trees and a pleasure forest a good half mile long with elk and deer and hares and everything that anyone could possibly want. Now, said the woman, isn't this nice? Oh yes, said the man. This is quite enough. We can live in this beautiful palace and be satisfied. We'll think about it, said the woman. Let's sleep on it. With that, they went to bed. The next morning, the woman woke up first. It was just daylight, and from her bed, she could see the magnificent landscape before her. Her husband was just starting to stir when she poked him in the side with her elbow and said, Husband, get up and look out the window. Look, couldn't we be king over all this land? Oh, wife, said the man, why would we want to be king? I don't want to be king. Well, said the woman, even if you don't want to be king, I want to be king. Oh, wife, said the man, why do you want to be king? I don't want to tell him that. Why not, said the woman, go there immediately. I must be king. So the man, saddened because his wife wanted to be king, went back. This is not right. Not right at all, thought the man. He did not want to go, but he went anyway. When he arrived at the sea, it was dark gray, and the water heaved up from below and had a foul smell. He stood there and said, Mange, mange, tempe te, flounder, flounder in the sea, my wife, my wife, Islabil, once not, once not, what I will. What does she want then? said the flounder. Oh, said the man, she wants to be king. Go home, she is already king said the flounder.
Then the man went home, and when he arrived there, the palace had become much larger, with a tall tower and magnificent decorations. Sentries stood outside the door, and there were so many soldiers and drums and trumpets. When he went inside, everything was of pure marble and gold, with velvet covers and large golden tassels. Then the doors to the great hall opened up, and there was the entire court. His wife was sitting on a high throne of gold and diamonds. She was wearing a large golden crown, and in her hand was a scepter of pure gold and precious stones. On either side of her there stood a line of maids-in-waiting, each one a head shorter than the other. "'Oh, wife, are you now king?' "'Yes,' said she. "'Now I am king.' He stood and looked at her, and after thus looking at her for a while he said, "'Wife, it is very nice that you are king. Now we don't have to wish for anything else.' "'No, husband.' she said, becoming restless. Time is on my hands. I cannot stand it any longer. Go to the flounder. I am king, but now I must become emperor. Oh, wife, said the man, why do you want to become emperor? Husband, she said, go to the flounder. I want to be emperor. Oh, wife, said the man, he cannot make you emperor. I cannot tell the flounder to do that. There is only one emperor in the realm. The flounder cannot make you emperor. He cannot do that. What? said the woman. I am king, and you are my husband. Are you going? Go there immediately. If he can make me king, then he can make me emperor. I want to be, and I have to be, emperor. Go there immediately. So he had to go. As he went on his way, the frightened man thought to himself, This is not going to end well. To ask to be emperor is shameful. The flounder is going to get tired of this. With that he arrived at the sea. The water was all black and dense, and boiling up from within. A strong wind blew over him that curdled the water. He stood there and said, Manje, manje, tempe te, flounder, flounder in the sea. My wife, my wife, Islabil, wants not, wants not what I will. What does she want then? said the flounder. Oh, flounder, he said, my wife wants to become emperor. Go home, said the flounder. She is already emperor. Then the man went home, and when he arrived there, the entire palace was made of polished marble, with alabaster statues and golden decoration. Soldiers were marching outside the gate, blowing trumpets and beating timpani and drums. Inside the house, barons and courts and dukes were walking around like servants. They opened the doors for him, which were made of pure gold. He went inside where his wife was, sitting on a throne made of one piece of gold, a good two miles high and she was wearing a large golden crown that was three yards high, all set with diamonds and carbuncles. In the one hand she had a scepter, and in the other the imperial orb. Bodyguards were standing in two rows at her sides, each one smaller than the other, beginning with the largest giant and ending with the littlest dwarf, who is no larger than my little finger. Many princes and dukes were standing in front of her. The man went and stood along them and said, Wife, are you emperor now? Yes, she said, I am emperor. He stood and looked at her, and after thus looking at her for a while, he said, Wife, it is very nice that you are emperor. Husband, she said, why are you standing there? Now that I am emperor, I want to become pope. Oh, wife, said the man, what do you not want? There is only one pope in all Christendom. He cannot make you pope. Husband, she said, I want to become pope. Go there immediately. I must become pope this very day. No, wife, he said. I cannot tell him that. It will come to no good. That is too much. The flounder cannot make you pope. 
"'Husband, what nonsense,' said the woman. "'If he can make me emperor, then he can make me pope as well. "'Go there immediately. "'I am emperor, and you are my husband. "'Are you going?' "'Then the frightened man went. "'He felt sick all over, and his knees and legs were shaking, "'and the wind was blowing over the land, "'and clouds flew by as the darkness of evening fell. "'Leaves blew from the trees, "'and the water roared and boiled as it crashed into the shore.' In the distance he could see ships, shooting distress signals as they tossed and turned in the waves. There was a little blue in the middle of the sky, but on all sides it had turned red, as in a terrible lightning storm. Full of despair he stood there and said, Manje, manje, tempete, flounder, flounder in the sea, my wife, my wife, islabil, once not, once not, what I will. What does she want, then? said the flounder. Oh, said the man, she wants to become... Pope. Go home, said the flounder. She is already Pope. Then he went home, and when he arrived, there was a large church surrounded by nothing but palaces. He forced his way through the crowd. Inside everything was illuminated with thousands and thousands of lights, and his wife was clothed in pure gold and sitting on a much higher throne. She was wearing three large golden crowns. She was surrounded with church-like splendor, and at her sides there were two banks of candles. The largest was as thick and as tall as the largest tower, down to the smallest kitchen candle. And all of the emperors and kings were kneeling before her, kissing her slipper. Wife, said the man, giving her a good look. Are you Pope now? Yes, she said. I am Pope. Then he stood there looking at her, and it was as if he were looking into the bright sun. After he had looked at her for a while, he said, Wife, it is good that you are Pope. She stood there as stiff as a tree, neither stirring nor moving. Then he said, Wife, be satisfied now that you are Pope. There is nothing else that you can become. I have to think about that, said the woman. They both went to bed, but she was not satisfied. Her desires would not let her sleep. She kept thinking what she wanted to become next. The man slept well and soundly, for he had run about a lot during the day. But the woman could not sleep at all, but tossed and turned from one side to the other, all night long, always thinking about what she could become, but she could not think of anything. Then the sun was about to rise, and when she saw the early light of dawn, she sat up in bed and watched through the window as the sun came. Aha, she thought, could not I cause the sun and the moon to rise? Husband, she said, poking him in the ribs with her elbow, wake up and go back to the flounder. I want to become like God. The man, who was still mostly asleep, was so startled that he fell out of bed. He thought that he had misunderstood her. So rubbing his eyes, he said, wife. What did you say? Husband, she said, I cannot stand it when I see the sun and the moon rising, and I cannot cause them to do so. I will not have a single hour of peace until I myself can cause them to rise. She looked at him so gruesomely that he shuddered. Go there immediately. I want to become like God. Oh, wife, said the man, falling on his knees before her. The flounder cannot do that. He can make you emperor and pope, but I beg you. Be satisfied and remain Pope. Anger fell over her. Her hair flew wildly about her head. Tearing open her bodice, she kicked him with her foot and shouted, I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it any longer. Go there immediately. He put on his trousers and ran off like a madman. Outside, such a storm was raging that he could hardly stand on his feet. Houses and trees were blowing over. The mountains were shaking and boulders were rolling from the cliffs into the sea. 
The sky was as black as pitch. There was thunder and lightning. In the sea, there were great black waves, as high as church towers and mountains, all caped with crowns of white foam. Manje, manje, timpe te, flounder, flounder in the sea. My wife, my wife, Islabil, once not, once not, what I will. What does she want, then? said the flounder. Oh, he said, she wants to become like God. Go home. She is sitting in her filthy shack again. And they are sitting there even today. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story. But for now, let's prepare your mind and body for some much-needed rest. Start by checking in with your body and making sure you are as comfortable as possible. Place the tip of your tongue on the tissue right behind the top front teeth. Slowly exhale and empty the lungs of air. Through the nose, breathe in quietly for four seconds. Three, four. Hold the breath for a count of seven seconds. Five, six, seven. Purse your lips and exhale forcefully through the mouth making a whoosh sound for eight seconds. Six, seven, eight. If you need to, you can repeat this cycle up to four times, but any more than four, and you might start to feel lightheaded or dizzy. Remember that if you find it too difficult to hold your breath on the count of seven, you can use a shorter cycle of two seconds breathing in, hold your breath for 3.5 seconds, and exhale for four seconds. Good night and sleep well, my friend.